I'm Rebecca Alley, and this is The Weekly. This week, for this episode, we are joined by the legendary Linda Greenlaw, Maine lobsterman, fisherman, boat captain, and award-winning author. Linda first entered the public arena when she was featured in the 2000 blockbuster film The Perfect Storm, based off the 1997 book by Sebastian Younger. In that book, Younger noted her reputation for being one of the best captains on the East Coast. As always, you can reach us by email at theweekly at villagesoup.com. So, Linda, thanks so much for being here. This time of year, many Mainers and tourists would typically be enjoying the Maine Lobster Festival in Rockland, but the COVID-19 pandemic has unfortunately pushed celebrations out another year. So thankfully, we have you here to talk all things lobster and share with us uh, stories from your exciting life. And so can you start by introducing yourself and sharing a line or two about yourself and who's here joining us? Yep, I am Linda Greenlaw, um, lifelong commercial fisherman, among other things. Um, People sometimes mention that they think I keep reinventing myself, and I I suppose that's true in a way. And uh, my most recent venture is a charter boat business um, here in Surrey, Maine, Newbury Neck. Um, Oh, there goes uh, one of my pumps. We are aboard my boat, my new boat, Select. Um, I'm jumping in to set the scene a bit more. It's a picturesque summer July day. The air is warm and dry, and there's a bright blue sky overhead, mirrored by a calm sea. We're gathered aboard Linda's boat, Select, docked at the Wave Walker Cottage overlooking Newberry Neck. Sitting here, aboard the yacht-quality vessel, we are gently rocking to the rhythm of the ocean. Little waves ripple against the boat, and bird calls fill the air. Perfect sounds that can't be fully appreciated in a studio. Stay tuned for a visit from a bald eagle. Now, back to Linda. And with me, I have my first mate, Keith Adams. Um, Keith is also a resident of Surrey, right here on Newbury Neck. And he is a registered Maine guide. Uh, He goes in the lobster boat with me, um, hauling traps. And we do a Lobster 101 tour. Uh, That is a six-pack, which means I can't take more than six people on my lobster boat, Ernest. Um, so a very educational tour about lobsters, people coming to Maine, you know, they want to see, they want to eat lobsters, which is wonderful, but they want to a lot of times see how they're caught. And our tour includes, um, the laws, a little bit of the history, a lot of the biology. Uh, so it's, it's a very interesting and educational tour and it's really fun for me. I've been hauling lobster traps since I was a very young girl and to share, um, that many years of experience and enjoyment with people seeing it for the first time is, it's, it's a great deal of fun. Well, great. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I, you've done so much, um, being a best-selling author and appearing on the Discovery Channel show, um, Swords, Life on the Line, and now you're doing this, these charter tours. So can you just talk about um, what a typical tour might look like and how people can find out more or sign up? Absolutely. Um, There is no typical tour. (laughs) It's uh, 100% custom. Um, With me today, in addition to Keith Adams, are Donna and Phil Doyen. Um, They're the owner of this beautiful 
you can't see it, but um, the Wave Walker, a beautiful home and a dock that they very graciously allow me to use. Phil is a licensed captain, and he is one of the captains that I have who qualifies to run my large boat select. So that's up to 49 people. Donna and Phil have their own boat, the Esther Irene. And I think one of the most fun new tours that we are offering is this pirate tour. Um, I wish, you know, that you could see Donna and Phil. They are in full pirate garb. We'll get some pictures. And, um, I w and if, if it's okay, I mean, they can talk about this pirate tour yeah. better than I can. But I will say that I am dying to, um, to get my young nephew here for one of these tours because it's, uh, they've got quite, quite a fun thing going on and um, they yeah, can tell you about it. Yeah, love to hear it. more. <laughs> Heartless Harry, evil pirate, of course, we're all evil. And my first mate is evil Esther. She has an evil sister, Irene, the invader, who sank in a terrible shipwreck on her pirate ship. Now we're in search of her treasure. And we bring uh, families, pirates young and old, they become wow. part of our crew, and we search for the treasure of the... Uh, of the Black Rose, that wow. was Irene's ship, and uh, and the uh, young ones absolutely will love it, and it's a great family day. Have you had any of those pirate tours yet? We're just starting, so okay. not yet, but we expect to any day now. And so how can people, do you sign up, or how would they the, get aboard? They would book through through Linda Greenlaw, okay. and, uh, and, and, and we go from there. So it's www. Uh, Dot lindagreenlawcharters.com and also the phone number which is on the website is 207-266-9831 and um, you call that number and you will reach Sandy she does all of the booking for um, Esther Irene and for Select and for Ernest which is my commercial lobster boat so you know we we cover the gamut from um, the boat that we're on right now which is it's yacht quality this boat is a yacht it's a 58 foot boat that my husband built right here in Surrey Maine at Westmac Custom Boats um, I can take up to 49 people on this boat tonight we're doing a full moon rise tour we've got a full boat uh, the, the July moon is known as the salmon moon and I'm doing um, salmon appetizers and we're doing, because it's also the height of blueberry season, we're doing blueberry-inspired uh, cocktails and mocktails. Wow. And uh, we did one of these in June, and it was a huge success. Unfortunately, there's only one full moon a month, so we only <laughs> do one of these a month. But we're also doing um, night sky tours with yeah. an astronomer on board. Wow. Um, again, those can be, you know, the dates can be found on the website or by calling Sandy um, at that number. And uh, it's, it's quite a lot of fun. And Donna, yes. They are also on Sea Shed on Facebook, if you like Sea Shed. Wow. So that sounds amazing. And so speaking of these tours, have you noticed, you know, with the people kind of coming out after the pandemic or as, it, as restrictions ease, has there been a big boom, people looking to, to get out on the water and, and do more family activities? Absolutely. Um, 
there are a lot of people here mm -hmm. from away, and they are all looking to get on the water, which is wonderful. Uh, we have typically, Keith and I, on my lobster boat, typically we do just about 50 tours a year. We have already booked, or Sandy has already booked, over 100 just for my lobster boat. So if you throw in the tours that Esther Irene is doing, uh, they do sunset, sightseeing, um, lunch, cool. dinner, you know, there's a, a lot going on here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's 100% custom, but we do have some themed tours that we offer. Uh, if people don't know quite what they want to do, mm -hmm. we can suggest. Uh, we know how to have fun. And um, I will tell you that our fun is extremely contagious. Wow. So, so yeah, lots of people coming out. That sounds, that sounds great. I want to talk about, you know, the, the Lobster Festival. And, and yeah. you know, it's a shame that it's not happening this year. Mm -hmm. But we celebrate lobsters every day mm -hmm. in Surrey, Maine. Between my lobster boat and Perry's Lobster Shack, it's always celebrating the lobster. It's it's a short season, mm -hmm. and um, we we all enjoy them. I don't know how many lobsters between Donna and I that we cook and pick and enjoy and serve to other people. Um, Donna does a lobster roll cruise on this boat. It's a lunch two-hour boat ride that includes Donna's spectacular lobster roll, coleslaw, some chips, um, buckle. Blueberry buckle? Yeah, blueberry buckle. Um, Donna is quite a well-known cook um, in this area. And anyone who's had the pleasure and the fortune to enjoy anything that Donna has served knows, knows what I'm saying when I say, yeah, come on, let's go. <laughs> and so to talk more about, about lobsters for, you know, what we're calling our little lobster week here on the podcast. Can you share your thoughts on the state of the lobster industry in Maine, how things are going? I think the lobster industry, from my perspective, is booming. Mm -hmm. um, the last several years have been banner years, and that's with reduction in effort. That's with fewer traps in the water mm -hmm. and moratorium on new licenses. The state of Maine and the Maine fishermen have done a wonderful job protecting this resource. And, um, you know, it's been very good. The price is sky high. Now, there's a number of reasons for that, one of which is there's so many people in Maine right now, that, and everybody wants to eat lobster. It's wonderful. Yeah, so demand uh, is super Demand high. is super high. Uh, so, so it's really good. I'm, I haven't heard too many people complaining, other than bait is high and fuel is high, but, you know. That's always a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are always too expensive. They're finding a way to make it work. Yeah, the, yeah the absolutely, menu. absolutely. So you've got a lot of exciting things going on now in the present and I'm sure in the future to backtrack, I guess, a little bit. We are coming up on the 30th anniversary of the perfect storm and the tragic disappearance of the Andrea Gale. And for our listeners who maybe don't know about the perfect storm, I, I doubt there are too many of, of those, but for those people, can you just explain what it was? Yes, the weather event uh, was um, a very unusual coming together of three low pressure systems. So one of the weather in this hemisphere moves from west to east. In the case of the perfect storm, one of these low pressure systems backed up. It had already gone by and it came back. 
and um, formed one hellacious storm. At the time, it was actually being called the storm of the century. Now, there have been a lot of those. Uh, this later became known as the perfect storm when Sebastian Junger wrote his book, mm -hmm. The Perfect Storm. And of course, now everyone, uh, it's almost like um, a very frequently used uh, phrase, mm -hmm. the perfect storm, um, and I, you know, mostly that is due to not just the book, but of course the movie, because I, I, I'm sure that a lot more people have. There's a bald eagle. See, oh, wow. this place is amazing. Wow. Um, anybody that comes on a tour on any of these boats will see bald eagles. Wow. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and back to the perfect storm. Um, yeah. So. Again, you know, I had been sword fishing for many years. I started when I was 19 years old. I needed money for Colby College, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of money in offshore fishing when I was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I signed on to a 70-foot wooden sword fishing vessel out of Orr's Island, Maine, called the Walter Alden Lehman Sr., and um, cast the, the lines off the dock um, at the age of 19 for the first of what became countless 30-day uh, adventures, blue water, in pursuit of swordfish. I fell in love with the lifestyle. 1991, I was captaining a boat called the Hannah Bowden, 100-foot steel vessel out of Gloucester, Massachusetts. And I was um, well aware of the dangers inherent in the life that I had chosen. We encountered the perfect storm. The Andrea Gale was lost pretty much without a trace, six people, um, nothing was ever found, really. And people ask all the time, well, you know, how did the perfect storm change your life? Well, the weather, the weather event did not mm -hmm. really affect my life at all. I'd been fishing for a long time. I had lost friends. So I wouldn't say it was business as usual, but it wasn't uh, a big obstacle. You know, we kept fishing. Mm -hmm. uh, the book about the storm I hold responsible for some pretty major changes in my life and just this very generous portrayal. And you, you touched on it, but I never miss an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, Sebastian Junger, and, and I will quote, the Hannah Bowden is skippered by a Colby College grad named Linda Greenlaw. Not only is Greenlaw one of the only women in the business, she's the best captain period on the entire East Coast. Year after year, trip after trip, she makes more money than anyone. When the Hannah Bowden unloads her catch in Gloucester, swordfish prices plummet halfway around the world. Well, I love that part. Um, it's been kind of a tough image for me to live up to. Um, it's really too bad this is a podcast because when people um, sort of know my background, if they've read The Perfect Storm, uh, upon meeting me for the first time, I usually get, uh, wow, we thought you'd be a lot bigger. And there's a little disenchantment, a little disappointment that goes along with meeting me. Um, so maybe this good thing is the podcast. Do I sound big? <laughs> oh, yes. there you go. I have to cut in here again. Linda is right. She is not very big in stature, but her presence is commanding while still approachable. You can tell she is strong and confident when guiding her boats out to sea, but you can also tell that she does not underestimate the ocean. And in fact, she has a true respect for it. So are you, are you still one of, or the only female uh, swordfish captain in the country? As far as I know, yeah. I don't know of any other. I think women are just, in general, a lot smarter than men. And uh, <laughs> most of them are not pursuing lives, um, you know, offshore fishing. Uh, having said that, Donna and Phil have a daughter who's a merchant seaman. She's an officer on a huge ship. So there are a lot of women, you know, who do go to sea. And, the, you know, 
from my, again, my perspective, um, the men that I know who have a woman aboard a boat, the honest ones will tell you that the women are their best, their best officers, their best crewmen. The women are there because they want to be. And that's not always the case, especially in the lobstering industry. The young boys who are born into it um, don't always love it. And there's nothing more miserable than being on a boat and not wanting to be there. And there's nothing more joyful than being at sea and loving it and wanting to be there. So for you, it's something you choose every day, somewhere you want to be every day? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have other options. I choose to not take them. <laughs> <laughs> so so what is it like? You, you touched on it a little bit, but what is it like reflecting, you know, we're coming up on three decades on, on this, um, like you said, the, the weather event itself, not necessarily changing your life, but everything that has happened. Um, happened since the book and the movie. What's it like reflecting on on this 30 years later? Well, I certainly um, gained a lot of notoriety because of my um, portrayal in the book and then, of course, the movie. Um, I don't know, reflecting, things haven't changed. Mm -hmm. You know, people still go to sea. People are still lost at sea. Um, It's very sad when it happens. But if it's part of your life, of course you're saddened, but it it doesn't change things if you love going to sea. I suppose there are people who have a a near miss or a close call, and that's the end of it for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I've not been one of those people, so I don't know. That probably wasn't a very good answer, and I'm apologizing for it, um, but I just, I don't know, reflecting, eh, whatever. I choose to look forward and not so much look back. Yeah. So... I did read, uh, t- to wrap up, I read an interview you gave in 2010 with the Maine Magazine, and in it you spoke of the title of your New York Times bestselling book, The Hungry Ocean, and how the title is one of the most meaningful to you out of all of your books, and you mentioned um, how the title was inspired by the ocean's ability to be all-consuming. And I was struck by a line you said, I'll quote you here, quote, as proud as I am to be doing an interview or to be recognized as a best-selling author, there's nothing that makes me prouder than saying I'm a fisherman. And I was just really struck by that line, and and can you talk more about that? Well, that hasn't changed. Um, The Hungry Ocean, the title itself, is actually from a Shakespearean sonnet. But I think that it plays very well in my life and in the life of many people who live on or around the sea. Uh, the ocean's ability to totally consume. I've been consumed by it mm-hmm. in the way that I, I love my life. I am in love with my life of fishing. Uh, I know it sounds cliche to sound that you're, to say that you're drawn to or taken with something, but I like the way I feel when I'm at sea, and I am passionate about catching fish. Yeah, and it's also, like you said, moving forward, seems like it's been able to be all-consuming but in this way where it takes you in brand new directions you know wherever wherever you choose for that to absolutely go. and you know the new direction is um doing a lot of these tours and charters and it these tours not only do i enjoy them and my other captains and my crew we all enjoy them and it, it's a pretty special thing to see the joy in other people 
Um, we are not jaded by where we live in what we do. We do not take it for granted. Uh, when the fishing is poor, um, you know, Keith and I look around, look where we are. It's really hard to get bummed out. This is a really beautiful spot, especially yeah, where we it are is. right now. And so you must, um, it must be a, a great feeling too to see the tourists or the visitors who don't see this typically to come aboard and, and get to share in that joy. We have people from all over, all over the world. They come to Maine, they, they want to experience the Maine lobster. State of Maine's done a very good job branding the Maine lobster. Think of Maine, you think of the Maine lobster. People want to get on the water. And, you know, we offer a lot of opportunity for different types of fun. Um, and I guarantee you, of any of these tours, you will enjoy it, you'll have fun, and you'll learn something. Wonderful. Well, Linda, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. We'll be taking a holiday break, but we'll be back again with new episodes in January. In the meantime, feel free to listen to some of our previous episodes from our first season. You can find The Weekly wherever fine podcasts are downloaded or visit one of our news websites. The Weekly is a collaboration between the Ellsworth American, Courier Gazette, Republican Journal, Camden Herald, and Mount Desert Islander, all powered by Village Soup. If you have a comment or suggestion for someone we should talk to, send us an email at theweekly at villagesoup.com. Until next time.